Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. Think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's spring collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B. O-M-B-A-S.com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. What's up, jerks? Jason here with a very special how did this get made announcement. We've got a tour coming up. That's right. First tour since 2019. Holy shit. I can't believe this. Do I want to go on tour? Not really. I'm still pretty scared. I'm still recording this from my closet. But Nonetheless, we're coming your way. We're hitting the Midwest in August. What? The Midwest in August? That's going to be very hot and very humid. But nonetheless, we're doing it and we're doing it for you. So here we go. August 12th in New Orleans at the Mahalia Jackson Theater for the Performing Arts. August 13th in Dallas, Texas at the Margot and Bill Winspear Opera House. Sunday, 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 August 14th in Houston, Texas at the 713 Music Hall. August 16th in Indianapolis, Indiana at the Old National Center. August 17th in Detroit, Michigan at the Fillmore, Detroit. August 18th in Northfield, Ohio at the MGM Northfield Park Center Stage. And August 19th in Chicago, Illinois at the Chicago Theater. Tickets are on sale now. You can get them immediately. I would recommend you do it ASAP because this shit's going to sell out. For more information and tickets, visit hdtgm.com. That is hdtgm.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of How Did This Get Made? Thank you all for listening and downloading Superman 3, our live episode from Largo. But you didn't hear the whole thing. That's right. There is more. Hence, the bonus episode. Today, you're in for a real treat because we have a special guest from Superman 1 and 2. That's right. 
Jack O'Halloran, who played Non, the stonily silent Kryptonian villain, came out to Largo when we were talking about Superman 3 and wanted to talk about Superman 2. Now, we thought, oh, sure, that would be great. We'll have him up here. He'll talk about the movie. We did not realize how friggin' cool Jack O'Halloran is. This guy is a badass from a family that's the biggest crime family of all time. His father was the basis of the movie The Godfather. He's written a book about it called Family Legacy. It's out now on Amazon and I'm sure anywhere books are sold, which is becoming a rare thing. Anyway, he talks to us about some of the crazy experiences that he had, not only on Superman, but on films throughout his career. This is a fun episode. Uh, I know that everyone at Largo, their jaws were just agape the entire time because Jack did not pull any punches at all. Now, without any further delay, our interview with Jack O'Halloran. I want to bring out our, our special guest. Um, this, uh, this guy was not in Superman 3, thankfully. Um, he was in Superman 1, Superman 2. He is one of the most badass villains of all the Superman movies. More badass than Richard Pryor in this movie? More badass than Richard. He did not create a supercomputer. Uh, he played the character of Non. Please welcome Jack O'Halloran. Well, we are very, very, very excited to have you, uh, Jack. Jack is an accomplished actor, accomplished businessman, and now actually a, uh, an accomplished writer. He has a book that you can get. Um, it's called Family Legacy. And uh, tell us a little bit about your book that you, you've just uh, you've written here. It's, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh. If you like The Godfather, you're going to love this. It's, uh, Good. I like that. I'm, I'm, I, I'm in. I'm already sold. I had a very famous father in New York by the man by the call, Albert Anastasia. And uh, he was the original Godfather. And uh, so this, this story takes place. It tells about uh, America and uh, how uh, industry and the government and the unions and organized crime were all partners for a long time. And uh, so this book begins with my father's assassination in 1957 and ends with the Kennedy assassination in 1963. And we tell a lot of the truth about what happened in certain eras. And it ends with telling the truth of the Kennedy assassination. So, so this quite, book quite has an amazing book. This, spoiler this, alert. Yeah. Major spoiler alert. I want, I, can't, I want to read this now. We talked about this backstage. I'm like, I can't wait to read this book. It's going to be available on Kindle, uh, and it'll be in your bookstores, yeah. everything. Uh, this, so this is amazing. So it's, but it's not, it's not purely non-fiction. It's, it's, you, you called it's it a... fractional. Fractional. Because yeah, you would fractional. be murdered if you, uh, if you called it non-fiction. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't worried about that. I, I think the government was more worried than I was. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you are somebody that the government is worried about, correct? <laughs> Well, they knew about the lasers from Superman. <laughs> what they didn't know, that all the powers were in the boots and they kept the boots, you know? <laughs> now i got to pay for airline tickets. <laughs> what a bummer. So now, Jack, you, I, I'm really interested because, you, I mean, obviously you're in Superman 2, and, and the question that I'm most interested in with Superman 1 and 2 is 
there is, I mean, Richard Lester kind of jumped on board. He's the guy who directed Superman 3. He kind of jumped on board in the middle of Superman 2, right? Well, he, we had shot one and two together, and okay. we had shot about 80% of two. And uh, Lester came on the set one day, and, and you knew something was amiss, you know? And, uh, and Donner started getting very fidgety, and I said, you know, I asked him, I said, what, what's the deal? He said, oh, no, he's just visiting, visiting, visiting. I said, no, 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 the guy's looking around, he's doing this, he's doing that. I said, this is kind of funny. So I grabbed Delia Salkin one day, I said, what's the deal with Richard Lester? He said, no, well, we're just talking to him about Superman 3 and, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And then I heard that they owed him a picture, you know, and, uh, and then someone said that he was going to come back and finish Superman 2. And uh, nobody so in the middle was of shooting, like in the middle of shooting, they switched <sighs> they over? Created a ha no, we stopped. Okay. We had to stop because they had to release Superman 1. Then we were going to come back and shoot, finish two, you know. And uh, but when you came back, Donner was not there. Uh, no, Donner wasn't there, and a lot of us. I, I wasn't going to go back, and a few other people weren't going to go back. Yeah, it seems like everyone got pissed off. I mean, it seems like everyone was mad. Well, about how it. do you? How, I mean, how do you replace? Uh, I mean, that's like replacing Muhammad Ali with Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been kind Which, of funny. I mean, here's Ali coming to fight for the heavyweight championship of the world, and who comes and takes his robe off? Richard Pryor. <laughs> I would pay to watch that movie. <laughs> I would like to see that movie as well. Now, um, so did you, did you get along with Richard Lester? Were you like... Were... I, Richard was, uh, was, a, was a kind of a strange duck. I, you know, I, um, to me, he was like a television actor. I'm a television director. I mean, he did, the way he did things and... Uh, the way he put a lot of, a lot more comedy into things and stuff and, and we wound up going back and shooting almost all the film again because the director's guild states that if you're going to put your name on a film as a director, you must shoot more than 50% of it. Right. Correct. You should have it. Absolutely. And, uh, so instead of him just filling it in and finishing it, he got carried away and he went all the way back. And started and, and reshot a whole bunch of stuff, you know. And, and they, they make it worse, do you think? I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, have you seen have you seen the Donner cut? Yeah, I saw the Donner. I mean, cut, the yeah. Donner cut. If if he would have been able to finish the movie the way he wanted to, this too would have been a blinder, and and it was much more serious. There wasn't as much comedy in it. Um, and, and Richard was like, I, I'll give you an issue, And as a director, you would appreciate this. They did the scene at the Eiffel Tower. Yeah? Yeah, in the beginning of Superman 2, this so, scene. Yeah. Now, this is the Salkinds, how wonderful. Now, this is a multi-million dollar film, right? Big time, you know? A lot of big people. They snuck into France as <laughs> Annie Oakley. As Annie Oakley? A production called Annie Oakley, because they didn't want to pay a tax to France. <laughs> and, and, they're, and they're at the Eiffel Tower, and if you look at the scene in the movie, look at the car windows, the window screens are going back and forth. It was raining. Like okay. serious rain, and you see the the, the cop who's talking to Lois, uh, to uh, Margot, spots hitting his shirt, right? You know, and yet it looked like a sunny day. So what Richard did was, well, we're shooting this, and we'll just take it in the laboratory and we'll fix it. And that's what he did with everything. Wow! Wow! Oh, just open up the lens, and we'll we'll just go and hunt we'll go back, and we'll just take care of it. Well, no I mean, problem. but I I don't obviously and that was before CGI. Yeah. Well, I mean. I don't know, I mean, obviously never met Christopher Reeve, but 
he is on record a few times ragging on Richard Lester. And he seems like the nicest guy in the world. He was like, he, like he said, he was always looking for a gag. I mean, sometimes to the point where the gags involving Richard Pryor went so over the top. I mean, I didn't think that him going off the top of a building on skis and a pink tablecloth around his shoulders was funny. Like, so this is Christopher Reeve, like, just even getting irritated with him. Well, Lester had a... Um He's rather a strange individual. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, I've worked with a, a couple of uh, bad directors in my career. I, <laughs> the one guy, I think that uh, Lester probably is the top of the list. <laughs> I mean, he um, he was kind of he never came near me too much. I think right. he was afraid of me. Yeah, you could, I cannot. I cannot imagine why. First of all, it should be known that you know you you were a, you were a fighter. You were that's where, that, that's where you started, right? I was a fighter. I am I played terrified. professional football, <laughs> and I was my father's son. Yeah, you know, so I was a bit of a hooligan. And, yeah, and and, I, and we did a scene. You know, one day, oh God, he almost had a heart attack. We did the shot when we come in the Daily Planet. Yeah, and I walked through that wall. Well, of course, you know they they scored it, and they had a, a jack that was supposed to come off and push the thing as I'm going through it. Well, the jack was delayed. I went through the wall oh. on my own, and then the jack hit me in the arm. Oh! So, but I, we just kept on going. We filmed the whole scene. I filmed the scene, everything. Then I turned around. I was looking for the uh, special effects guy. You know, I wanted to have a conversation with him. <laughs> and, uh, and and Richard Lester that guy came is over literally and, shitting his pants uh, at that point. He He's was dead. running out the door. <laughs> I swear to God. I would never come back to work. He didn't for three days. I would be like, I don't need this job. Three days. Days. And, and, you know, and I said, you know, I, I just want to have a conversation. I was going to kill him. I mean, right. So, and Richard Lester said, well, now, Jack, you know, uh, it was an accident. I said, let me put you there and stick your arm out, and we'll see how the accident feels on you. <laughs> You're an ass, man. I mean, like, you know. <laughs> Get your shit together a little bit. Now, he, was, he was kind of a, a really, um, yeah, he was a strange dude. Today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough. But Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Texas Pete! Oh my gosh, I love Texas Pete. It is the hot sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. All right, Texas Pete sauce is packed with bold and balanced flavor. I've loved Texas Pete for years. When I got a box of their stuff at my house, I was so psyched because what I love about their hot sauce is their tanginess, okay? You can use it on anything, and you're going to try every flavor. I mean, you got the original, which is great. 
That's fermented peppers. It's a special blend. Then you got the hotter hot sauce, which is three times hotter than the original. And believe me, it is not for the faint of heart. Then you got Sabor by Texas Pete, which adds an authentic Mexican flavor. And I got to tell you, that might be my favorite next to their dust dry seasoning, which matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. It is so, so great. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration and use the promo code podcast24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, did you get along? I, I, I read one thing here, and I don't want to lead you into it if you don't want to talk about it, but I, did you and Christopher Reeve not get along a little bit? or Christopher was, you're talking about a 26-year-old guy with a 16-year-old brain. Okay. Okay. <laughs> who had never done anything in the film industry before. The only thing he ever did was Love of Life. Right. And he carried a spear in a Catherine Hepburn play. That was his claim to fame. And he was a Juilliard graduate, you know, and, and when he came on the set, he was 170 pounds soaking wet. So we grabbed the, uh, the, the they brought a, a coach in to build him up muscles and shit like that. And I said, you know, you don't want to bulk him up really big. You, if you want to do this right, do a, a, a George Reeves, get, get right. him up about 190 pounds with real good cuts. And when he puts a costume on, it'll look terrific because he wouldn't wear a plate. He wanted to be his body. Christopher Reeve, you know. And, and he used to walk around like Superman. I mean, he was he, uh, poor Mark McClough is such a nice young kid, you know. And he's in his room playing his guitar one day. Hey, Chris, come on in and listen to my new song. You will talk to me as Superman. Oh, wow. wow. And you are Jimmy Olsen. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow, man. Poor kid got the tears, right? So, At which point you have to say, well, I'm going to kick Superman's ass. Well, yeah, you're not. I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. We, we used to go in town. A dear friend of mine owned a restaurant called San Lorenzo in, uh, on Beach and Place, Italian guy from Italy. And it a great restaurant. And I used to take the whole cast in there and got everybody in the habit of eating. Could I do favors? For bring people in? So, yeah. So we're in. Uh, I get a phone call one night. And uh, Lorenzo, the owner, says to me, Jack, uh, how well do you know Christopher Reeve? I said, Psh, I will just work with him. Why? Well, he's in here talking about you and being a gangster and your father and all this stuff from New York. And I said, what did you say? He said, <laughs> he said, well, he's telling all these people that, boy, what a gangster this guy is and everything else. And I said, really? And so I now go to work the next day, and I'm a little bit perturbed. And, uh, and I'm waiting for him. And I said, that, you know, and, I, and Richard Donner said, what's the matter, Jack? And I said, oh, nothing. I just would like to have a word with Chris when he comes in. 
is everything okay? I said, no problem. <laughs> so he comes to work, and I said, hey, Chris, come here, I want to talk to you. And I took him into a dressing room, and I said, how well do you know me, young man? He said, well, I just, you know, what, what people, I said, let me tell you something. If I ever hear you mention my name outside of this studio or anywhere else without saying Mr. First, I'm going to rip your head off and piss down your throat. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and if I ever hear you talk about my family or anything from my past that you have no idea what you're talking about, yeah. you won't finish this picture. Okay. So he, he got very kind of sheepish and yeah, scared, and, and he slunk out of the room, and, and I followed him out. And once he got outside and there was a crowd, he all of a sudden got bravado. He, you can't talk to me that way. <laughs> I said, what did you just say? <laughs> How, you, who do you think you are? And I grabbed him and I picked him up off the ground by his throat and I had just put him against the wall and I was just about to kick as the one as one shit to. out of him, man. And Richard Donner grabbed my arm and he said, not in the face, Jack, not in the face. So I, you know, I dropped him on the floor and I almost wet myself laughing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and here's Dick Donner shaking like a leaf. Oh my God, we're stuck for a month. <laughs> and I oh. So I, you know, the kid he walked rather sheepishly after that. But yeah. he, you know, he was a funny kid. You know, he, he just uh, he, um, like I said, he was 26 year old in a 16 year old brain. But he, he grew up. He grew up on Superman. You know. But he, but he, um, you'll never get a better. Superman or Clark Kent than he did. I think he's amazing. He was, and actually, in that Superman he, as three, an actor, he really holds it together. He's as great. an actor, he was brilliant. He, you know, he really, he absolutely was. He did the role terrifically, and, and I don't think they'll ever find a better one. I really don't. And it's sad that they didn't do the ten like they were supposed to do. Oh wow, they're going to. They were movies? supposed to do ten of them, and he wow. like they were going to keep up with uh, Indiana Jones and all that stuff. Okay. You know? And he, um, which makes, but after know. Superman two, uh, Chris became an actor, <laughs> and uh, thought he really could act. And know? then he didn't want to. He wanted to do this and he wanted to do that, and uh, and then the Salt Kinds, they were kind of weird people, man. I mean, when you do Superman three. Why would you? I mean, I don't know how Warner Brothers allowed it, to be honest. Yeah, with you. they they worked outside of the studio system essentially. I don't know well, what you mean. That movie made total sense to me. <laughs> you're acting Which like kindergarten that, school did you go to? <laughs> I didn't graduate kindergarten. <laughs> now you, I, I feel like you have the plum role in in all the Superman movies because not only do you have this badass kind of character, but at the same time you work with Marlon Brando, you work with Gene Hackman, you work with Terrence Stamp. Like you get to you you get to do all these great scenes with all these guys and it seems to me from the stories I heard from you backstage and out here there's a wild time on this movie. This is like We had a lot of fun. We really I mean you you're talking about some class people and, and, and I mean Terrence Stamp is is an incredible actor, an incredible individual, you know. Uh Terry uh, you have a, had you have you set him straight. Terrence Stamp? Terrence and I were, were good friends. Terrence okay. is, Terrence is a, a very pompous English guy. I mean, really, but he, you know, he's a, his brother managed the Who. Okay. And, uh, and Terrence went through his, in his youth, his own problems. Uh, and, uh, then he went to India and he got very spiritual and, and he got gurued and groffed and straightened out. And, uh, and he, he's a great actor. Yeah, I mean, he's great. Terrence, Terrence is a great actor. And, he, 
and, and you know, and Sarah Douglas is a trip. She's a, she's a really super lady. And uh, she, the cast was brilliant. I mean, you couldn't get a better cast than we had. Gene Hackman. I, I just finished a picture with Hackman called March or Die. And, uh, and when they came to me to ask me if I would do Superman, because I had turned down the Bond movies, and they came Do they to want me, you to be Jaws? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah they came to me. I, I did Farewell, My Lovely, and it worked out really well. It was a great picture. And then we did King Kong, and the second worst director I ever worked with. Really? <laughs> John Gilman. You. <laughs> John Gilman was a trip. I mean, when, when, when he was sober, he was okay a little bit. But <laughs> he, was a, he was a gas, man. I mean, he... We we this is a great story. You got to tell us. We're we're in Hawaii. I mean, you, 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 a lot of you people you work overtime in your job and all. You know, it's good. You get nice overtime. It's great. You get a little bonus. We're in Hawaii on location. Now we were supposed to go to Hawaii for three days. Of course, we were there for thirty three days. And because John John was John was a sailor. We shot that the the fog scene. Right. Right. We were supposed to be shooting that in Hawaii. Right. And. Uh, they just couldn't get the weather correct for him. And John, of course, being a sailor, said, well, uh, we're going to do it today. And the weather guy said, John, this is not a good idea. There's a storm coming. You'll never get the shot down. And Oh, um, he, he, sailor boy. You know? Right. So we go to work on a Sunday. Yeah. You'll love this. <laughs> we go to work on a Sunday. Yeah. We worked 15 hours. Now, this is double golden time. For people, for money. This is a great money. Money day was perfect. Fifteen hours. We had seven straight meal penalties, and we never turned the camera over. <laughs> you never turned the camera on once. Never turned it over once. No. <laughs> he wasn't very happy, and and, and 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 to start his day off, it really didn't do him a lot of good. Was uh, he was he used to, he had this box like a cooler. And he stuffed it with beer, and he had a lock on it. So he would stand there and drink beer in front of a crew, and it's hot. And yeah, you're yeah. in Hawaii, you know what I mean? And these guys are all looking at him. Some poor guys, they had a little problem drinking. They like to drink a little beer, maybe. And then they're watching this guy, and they're standing there sweating. They're going, how do we kill him now? Or do we, or do we, do we? They were trying to figure out how to break into his box, you know? <laughs> So we're going to do this long jaunt on the boats one day, on this Sunday, and I stopped at the store and I bought four cases of beer and I brought them down. I left them on the, the sand and I said, this is for the crew, for your lunch break or your break. And John said, well, they can't have that on the, on, on the set. I said, well, John, what are you drinking? Are you any different than anybody else yeah, yeah. out there? Well, you know. Well, that's not, you, you, you just can't do a thing like that. And I said, really? I said, well, there's a teamster. Bring him over and tell him that I can't do what I just did. <laughs> tell him to tell me I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, and the crew said, oh, yeah, man, oh, yeah. So we supplied the crew with beer for them. You know? <laughs> well, I don't want to monopolize you guys. Do you have any questions about Yeah, I, I guess uh, the question that I would love to ask you is, so the ending of Superman 2. Um, so we have this sort of final um, showdown in the Fortress of Solitude. And Superman begins to demonstrate powers that he ha have never been established before uh, or, or since. He can take the ass off of his chest and, and throw it and, and snare people with it. He can. <laughs> you he get can, ensnared by it, as yeah, a matter of fact. That was brilliant, man. Exactly. That was a blind shot. Right. You know? and, and, 
I thought David Beckham came to play. He can, <laughs> he can also um, sort of uh, teleport or, yeah, or create he, illusions he can, he can of himself. Five of himself. So, uh, first off, was this Donner or well, was this because, Lester? Well, that was Lester. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, that was that was a little Lester. And then, if you look at the shot closely, it's not Hackman. You only see back doors of Hackman and somebody carrying him and stuff. And uh, Gene didn't come back to do that picture. He, huh. you know, oh wow, he did. So he just. Walked off when Richard Lester got it. Whatever out. had been shot of two with Hackman, that was it. Well, I mean, let's look at two, three things in Superman 2, which was a great movie. But just think of how great it could have been. How do you cut Brando out of a picture? Yeah, he replaced it with Superman's mom. How do you cut Brando out of a picture? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's 20 minutes that you'll see in a Donner cut of Marlon Brando, and they cut him out of Superman. Did they, pay, did they pay him for that? That's why they cut him out. <laughs> wow. So he got paid one sour. They didn't want to pay him again, so yeah. they, they cut him out. But so Wait, Can you just tell us how he was paid? They paid him four years before the picture ever took. They started in Italy, and they paid him $11 million in gold. <laughs> in gold. Four years before he went to work. That's in not a bad gig. gold. You know? In, in gold. gold. Yeah. Well, he didn't think their checks would bounce. He didn't want to. Right, right, yeah. So he, he, was, he, he knew the stories of the salt kind. <laughs> but, but they, and they but, bounced but, checks on you, as a matter of fact. They didn't, they, they didn't bounce them. What they did was they, they wrote you a check that was nondescript, had no numbers on it. <laughs> so it would have to physically go back to the bank in Zurich and sit there until they felt like clearing it. Oh, so they wow. just bought themselves time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you didn't react good. well to that. Not at all. Do you seem like, <laughs> you know, I had a, you seem like the kind of guy who would take something like that and just let it slide. <laughs> you know, I, I had this great conversation with Pierce Spangler. I said, you know, I come here to go to work, and, uh, and, and I don't bother anybody, and I do my job, and you pay me. That's what that contract that I signed says, Yeah. Yeah, so we had a very nice conversation in his office one day. Yeah. <laughs> and I was the only one on the set who ever had. Ne I never. I got paid on time every yeah. week. I don't. I don't know if you heard this about me, but I picked up Superman by the neck, and we weren't shooting the movie. <laughs> you also. You demonstrated. In the fact, we almost didn't have a movie to shoot. Yeah, exactly. Well, you. I mean, it was in the. You were saying it was in the Superman book. You picked up Pierre Spengler by the neck too. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, this is... The, this is <laughs> That's like your move, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, you do something. When you work on a movie and you're a principal, and you're, you're, if you're going to go away or get on an airplane, you're really supposed to tell people because, you know, if anything happens to you, my God, they're stuck. And, uh, and that goes back to... I never forget the first picture I ever did. I was doing the first shot I'd ever did on a picture with Robert Mitchum. And we're in Farewell, My Love, and we're standing up there and... And he's telling me about the camera, and he's teaching me about the people behind it. And he said, uh, you see that little red light there, son? I said, yeah. He said, well, when that goes on, he said, uh, they all work for you. All those clowns behind there, they can be replaced. You're on celluloid, so you're the boss. Because the, the crew of this movie was clowns. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when we, Richard Lester got in, he so was just no, and, circus clowns. So, you know, it's... When when I when you do so when you do a picture you're supposed to be responsible and I, which I was but 
I got a little dull over there. It was raining for a few weeks in a row. So I got on a plane. I flew back to California one weekend because they had this great plane. I could come home for a couple of days, and I could be there at 7 in the morning on a Monday morning and go to work. And I get into Beverly Hills. I call my accountant. I said, well, I'm home. I got all these things I want to do. Boy, I must have so much money in the bank. And she said, you have a lot of paper. I said, what? I've worked eight weeks. She said, you got a lot of paper. No money, paper. So I got, they didn't have cell phones in those days. So I, I, I go to the outside of the Beverly Hills at the drugstore and I get on a pay phone. I call Collective Super to uh, Pierce Spangler in, in Pinewood Studios. And he accepts the plane call. And he said, well, what are you doing in California? And I said, uh, well, I got a problem here. And, uh, anyway, so long and short of it is I, they put the money in my bank and I flew back and I, and I met Spangler when I come in in the morning and we walked up into his office and, uh, and I said, Jesus, I'd really like to have a word with you. And, uh, well, and he just came back from explaining to Alexander Wiley had to spend, send this money to California to me. And uh, he got behind his desk and he's, and I just grabbed him and pulled him across the desk. And, uh, and we looked very close at each other. And I said, uh, I said, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, I come to work and uh, you pay me. And that's the way the rule works. I said, you know, and if you don't know about me, I suggest you pick up a telephone and call some people because I really act very nicely on the, over here. I don't bother nobody or anything, but you should call New York and ask about me because you're just about to go back to my city and shoot film. And, and if you do this to me one more time, I promise you when you go to New York, I'm going to drop you in the Hudson with a camera on your head. <laughs> And I dropped him in his seat, and he looked at me and said, you're threatening me. And I said, no, 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 I solemnly promise you. <laughs> I absolutely promise you, without a doubt. When you're thinking of hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. And you know what? Did you know that 70% of users don't even visit other leading job sites? If you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. LinkedIn knows that small businesses might not have the time or resources, so they're constantly finding ways to make the process easier. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate in 24 hours, and they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash valuable. That's linkedin.com slash valuable to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking.
Jack, when was the first time you picked up somebody by the neck? Um, I just, how do you even know that you can, that you could, it just seems difficult. Like, just the physics you know, of it. I, I, you know. I had like a real warped sense of humor when I was a kid, you know. I was 12 years, 13 years old, and, uh, and, and these people were teaching me how to follow my father's footsteps. And, 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 uh, and, if, and I hung around. I was At 12 big, or 13? Yeah, I was 12, about 12. I started growing really a lot then. Period. Your father, who is the basis of, of the Godfather yeah. and of this book, Family Legacy. Yeah, my father was a pretty, uh, my father ran some little company in New York called Murder Incorporated. Hmm. <laughs> That's was, what, a tiny startup. Yeah, he was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He was kind of a serious guy, you know, he was a nice fellow, but, you know, he didn't want to make him angry, you know. So, and, and That's so an LLC, I, right? <laughs> so I used, to, I used to, you know, if you, if, if, if you were an adult and, and you really made me angry or something when I was a kid, you know, I would send all these mass cards to your house and your family and, and your neighbors, and I hand-delivered them so they couldn't say that I did anything through the post. I would hand deliver them to your mailboxes, you know, and people would get a mass card. Oh my God, he died! <laughs> you know, oh, announcing the person's death. Oh yeah! That you were oh mad. yeah! Wow! Wow! That's pretty bold. I was. I was. I'm not gonna lie. I am terrified of you. <laughs> of you. You terrified. And when I was 14, I did a really good one, man. I sent a guy. I sent a big black reef to somebody one time. <laughs> These are, both of these you in did before of. you were 15 years old. Oh, yeah. And they are better wow. than the horse's head in The Godfather. <laughs> well, they never actually cut the horse's head off. The, what this real story is, they, they, they gelded Because it's based on Wait, a real they story. Them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they gelded the horse and put his balls under his pillow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Way more frightening. <laughs> yeah. I would rather horse... Well, they was very angry because the horse was wrapped to make a lot of money as a stud. Because it was a yeah. stud? Well, yeah, it was a great horse, yeah. Wow. Great horse. Um, but he great pissed horse. off the Pope of Greenwich Village. Wow. <laughs> do you, uh, I mean, the, you know, uh, do you guys have any questions for Jack? I'm so scared. Many. Mm. So many questions. I mean, the one, we were talking about this backstage. Jack was called by Muhammad Ali to make sure to basically punch out his brother so he would never fight again, yeah, right? Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I was, I, I came to California. I was back east. I was in New Jersey. The show's and, only and half they, over, guys. And they <laughs> called me. I was in New Jersey, and, and they called me on the phone. And they said, uh, you want to fight Kenny Norton? And I said, uh, when? They said, next week. I said, where's the ticket? The guy said, you actually take the fight? I said, yeah. Well, I had 16 indictments against me for union problems. So I figured, <laughs> union what a great problems. time. <laughs> Murder, Inc. Yeah. Murder, Inc. was the billion union tax forms. <laughs> now, we had, we had a few little problems. So, 16 of them. Yeah. Under federal indictment? Yeah. Huh? Fair enough. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I have three traffic tickets right now. <laughs> all parking. They're all parking, though. They're all parking. They're all meters, expired meters. I don't want to brag. No speeding tickets. <laughs> I'm pretty tough, Jack. <laughs> you want to hear a parking joke story, man? I'll tell you. It's just a true story. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do, especially if it's true. I was training in Philadelphia. Does this I involve did, you I, throttling a traffic nah, policeman? I did. <laughs> I lived in New Jersey, and, and I was training in Philadelphia, you know, and I used to have to come over to Waltman Bridge every day, and, and I would park my car anywhere I wanted to. And, and they kept putting these things on there, and I kept throwing them under my seat. And, and uh, so I, I never paid attention to it, you know. Never Why paid would you? It. Well, I never Why paid attention you? to the law and order anyway. So, I, I, I'm, you know, and 
I'm coming from my house one day, and I'm coming up Broad Street in South Philadelphia, and two cops, two cars come over, and they single me, pull over there. So I said, well, I didn't do anything wrong, so I pull over, and I'm on my way to the gym. So I pull over, and the guy, they corner my car in, they locked it in, and the guy gets, get you out of your car, and he said, I have a scoff law, we're, we're commandeering your car over traffic warrants. I said, what did you say? And, and, and I'm, you're like, I'm starting to get very angry. With you. I'm really starting to get really mad. I, and, I love that you're mad at the cops. And the cop and the regular cops walking down the street on his patrol, and he knew who I was. So they grabbed the cop right away. He said, come down here, officer. We're, we're, we're taking this man's car. We want you to be here. And, and, uh, and, and they went through this whole rigmarole, and they, boom, they leave. They give me a thing, subpoena. they got to go to court to see this judge and all this other judge. And they're going to take my car and all this stuff. So they leave, and, and, and the, the cop looked at me. He said, Jack, he said, the, if you'd have hit them, I just would have turned my back and went around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I wow. said, wow. So anyway. Jack, I get, you're allowed to punch listen, police in this town. Listen, you know that, right? <laughs> So I go. I'm condoning it. I go I to, to the. They make a meeting for me to go to uh, City Hall and see this uh, judge. Please He's tell me you punch a traffic judge. judge. Please, no. please tell me this story ends with you punching a judge. This guy was great. They gave me an envelope. To Permission give him. to approach the bench, Your Honor. <laughs> he gave me a. Just lean over here. <laughs> he gave me an envelope to give to him. You know, and, and I sat down and had and he looked at me. and He said. You may be the future heavyweight champ of the world, kid. He said, but you are the heavyweight champ of my traffic court. I think I had $7,000 in fines. What? Wow. And, and he said... Uh, and this is in an era when traffic tickets were not that Oh, they were zero. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, $7,000. You got to have a Yeah, up. exactly. Yeah. So he said, I don't ever want to see your name come across my desk again. And I said, um, I, you know, I, I have to really apologize. I said, you know, I... I thought that I was parking legally all the time with these people. I thought they were picking on me because I was New Jersey Chags on my car. And uh, it cost me $150. I had to leave the courtroom. It was terrible. <laughs> that's it? Ah, that's it. Hey, that's you know, it? You, you, ever take, you know what it's like to take money out of a street kid's pocket, man? I don't. You were the heavyweight champ. <laughs> a good idea. I keep, I keep trying, and they get away. Tell you. <laughs> holy, holy so, shit, Jack! So, I have to really. That's a great book. You're gonna really like it. I, I mean, I swear, if these it's a great stories story. are any the indication movie, of the life that you have lived, we're just I about am, to make. I'm scarier than your character. It's I'm scared of reading this book. You'll like it a lot more. Uh, we actually have a couple copies that we are going to be able to give out to people here in the uh, crowd, and then uh, maybe we can get you to sign one. We'll send one off to a winner of the podcast, so we'll do something like that. But this book is out now. If you're listening to this, it's out now, and you can get it on Kindle. You can get it in the bookstore. And uh, What's it called? It is called Family Legacy. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm ready. I'm down with this. And the, spoil the, spoil the spoiler, the spoiler is... is you know you find out who kills Kennedy. Yeah. So that That's not a spoiler alert. That's just a thing in the book. And it's, it's not General Zod. <laughs> and it wasn't Ursa either. No, Ursa. <laughs> so uh, give it up for Jack. Thank you so much. Huge fans. Very huge fans. Give it up to Damon Lindelof for coming out. Thank you so much. That has been How Did This Get Made. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, Okay. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Um, we are going to be selling uh, T-shirts out there. We'll have copies of Jack's book. Um, uh, here's the thing. 
uh, we found out that Nick Cage is pretty litigious, and we need to get rid of our T-shirts. So, uh, if you haven't seen him, they have a big picture of Nick Cage on it that says "Ridiculous Cage." If twenty dollars is burning a hole in your pocket, let's get him. Get him now. Get him now. Um, but Judith, if you wear them around town, he might sue. He you. might sue. So, uh, you see what these guys are going to do? They're going to do something like guys in San Diego did to me. If you don't buy a T-shirt, they're going to send me over to see you at your house. And we will, and uh, and we'll, uh, Jason, June, and I will we'll sign. We'll sign. We have stuff out there. I so, won't. No, thank you. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Um, you've been great. And uh, would you be up if we did it again, maybe in January? All right. All right. Cool. We'll do another one. All right. Thank you guys so much. Good night. Holy shit! Jack O'Halloran is the man! I gotta tell you, you have to go and look at the video of this on Earwolf.com just to see that this guy, he still looks like he can crush us all. I was waiting for him to maybe just turn on Jason and just break his neck. I, I thought Jason maybe have been pushing him in the wrong direction, but he didn't. It was great. Jack O'Halloran, of course, has a book out, Family Legacy, which is awesome. It's kind of like The Born Supremacy Meets The Godfather. Uh, it's a really quick read, and it's it's great. Uh, he reveals who killed Kennedy in the book. Come on, what other book can you give somebody for Christmas that goes, hey, by the way, we know who killed Kennedy. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for a mini-episode. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.